I met Azmat at one of the sessions of conversations on food. Immediately, I knew here was someone who loved food culture and who was excited to share her food traditions with us. I am Flora and this is the first episode of Conversations on Food. Today we are talking to Azmat about the tea drinking culture of Kashmir. She tells us about its origins, the traditions, the different types of teas that are consumed and the samovar, a traditional kettle that's used to serve the tea. So, on to Azmat. Kashmiris as a group of people are extremely fond of their teas and our tea drinking culture is uh, inspired by local tradition and at the same time quite inspired by uh, English culture. We sort of started off uh, with this whole concept of uh, drinking salted pink tea for breakfast. Legend has it that, uh, you know, Back in the day, when the Kashmiri population slowly started converting to Islam, uh, they were, because of the cold, very fond of also having alcohol, which would keep their bodies warm. But uh, because alcohol is something that's not permitted in the religion, uh, a great saint who had come down to Kashmir and brought a lot of craftsmen along with him and, uh, you know, in turn also turned people uh, towards Islam, his name was uh, Shahe Hamadani, uh, people went to him to ask him um, for a solution of sorts in terms of what they can have instead of having uh, the the alcohol that they were used to. So he came up with this very interesting tea, which looks, you know, which is pink in color, had salt in it and has almost like an, a bitter aftertaste to it. So that salt is, uh, you know, that salted pink tea is something that became a part and parcel of Kashmiri life. It kind of cut through the uh, whole whole need of uh, hit of that alcoholic uh, hit that you wanted and sort of cut through all of that and gave people uh, something to really relish without being alcoholic and without being something that's not permissible in this religion. So Kashmiris as a whole absolutely love their tea culture. We have tea at least three times in a day. We start uh, with breakfast tea, then we have a, a you know noon tea culture, and then an evening tea. Uh, primarily, we are people who do not uh, you know mix our breads with our meals except for the fact that the breads are supposed to be had with teas. So the breads are actually not a part of our main meals. The two main meals that Kashmiris would have would be lunch and dinner, which are primarily rice. And any time at all, if you feel hungry, uh, the only other alternative for you is to have tea. The tea culture is something which is very precious to us. We start our day with it. We, uh, you know, turn off the noon blues with uh, a hot cup of tea and of course in the evening you kind of allow the tea to help you get back into that zone of sanity. Um, apart from the salted pink tea we have 
you know, many other kinds of teas as well. We have our, our kahawas and, uh, you know, we also really, really fond of uh, the whole English tea culture, which is something that majorly followed towards noon. So, you know, you'll have your uh, classic English tea along with some scones, muffins, pastries and stuff like that for afternoons. So it's actually a very elaborate, very intricate culture, something that we take very seriously. She went on to give me the entire scoop on the different kinds of teas that are part of the Kashmiri tea culture. Listen up. We have many kinds of teas, to be honest. Uh, the primary one would be the salted pink tea. It's called with multiple names. You'll call it the Sheer Chai. You'll call it the Noon Chai. Uh, you know, in regions of Ladakh, where that tea is actually made with yak milk as well, uh, it'll be called Gurgur Chai. But in essence, it's actually the same thing. So these are specialty leaves, which are boiled along with a pinch of soda boiled multiple times till you kind of arrive to a point where it becomes like a concentrate. This concentrate has to be the color of pigeon blood, which is a, you know, term that we use for how pink it's supposed to be. Then you take this concentrate, add a little bit of milk, uh, add some salt and butter to taste. And that's something that's had. So multiple names for the noon chai to begin with. Then we also have the kahava. And the kahava is again very interesting because Depending on what kahava is getting served to you, you can tell how close you are to a person's family. So, you know, you have something called the saffron kahava, which is basically saffron, almonds, cardamom, and just about that. Then you also have, you know, other varieties of the kahava, which are more, um, you know, in terms of the something you'll kind of use as an immunity booster or something that you kind of use if you have a sore throat where you'll add more stuff like a, probably a cinnamon stick, a couple of, uh, uh, you know, peppercorns. You'll probably even add some licorice root. So that's something that you probably have if you have a sore throat or if you've come back uh, from a cold or if you're not feeling that well or probably even just to sort of wake you up in the morning. But then there's something very interesting called the dood kava, which is basically milk, cardamom, a little bit of cinnamon, and a little bit of the same green tea leaves that we use for our noon jai or the salted pink tea. And this is more like a milk-based, rich milk-based kava, which will only get served to you if you're extremely special uh, to the guests. Um, Kashmiris are also very fond of their regular chai chai but all regular chai in Kashmir surprisingly is called Lipton chai irrespective of what brand it's from it could be Taj Mahal it could be Tata it could be anything but all of it is called Lipton chai so if somebody asks you for Lipton chai they're not per se asking you for the brand Lipton but they're just asking you for the regular English tea Um, those tea cultures are also very different in the cities and in the villages but, uh, you know, majorly in the villages, that's not tea that's appreciated by people quite a lot. It's something that majorly had, I mean, now things are definitely changing, but this is something that was majorly a city affair. Uh, it was the whole English culture that, that expi- you know, inspired this kind of tea drinking. 
and uh, we like our things really really fancy uh, everybody has their preferences on how strong or how light they want it to be but it will always be served in a teapot a uh, teapot covered with an intricately you know hand embroidered uh, tea cozy then you'll have a creamer you'll have your sugar separately you'll have the whole styles of pouring it'll be served with an elaborate uh, assortment of cookies uh, cakes tea cakes your scones muffins pastries we are very very fond of stuff like that so you know uh, that's actually given rise to a whole culture of bakery in kashmir which kashmiris own on you know you know have made their own now but it's actually really interesting of how english culture sort of inspired that uh, it'll always you know the slipton tea affair is usually something you'll have for noon or if you have a guest who is coming to your house and you're probably not uh, serving them noon chai because they're not someone who's very close to you if you being formal with them so uh, maybe if your sister comes and you serve her a cup of noon chai but if a distant relative a relative comes into your house maybe if your daughter-in-law's brother comes to your house you'll serve them the lipton chai and it's going to be an elaborate affair you'll have chicken patties and mutton patties and eclairs and uh, black forest pastries pineapple pastries that you go alongside all of that so it's actually a very fancy affair uh, you serve it in the on the best of the uh, server that you have you'll take out all of your crockery and cutlery for this we'll be extremely fancy with our cups and our tea sets uh, again which is something uh, more of something that you'd probably see in cities than in the villages but then i think the villages also started moving towards that culture so yeah uh, that that's that's something uh, you know that we hold really dear to us craving tea already i asked her to tell us about the types of tea leaves that are used in making the noon chai and the kava so uh it's again very interesting where these tea leaves come from where they are grown what kind of tea leaves are used uh these tea leaves are obviously grown somewhere in the whole northeastern region where uh, you know which is known for its tea leaves they are the tea leaves that you'll use for the noon chai or the salted pink tea are gunpowder leaves a variety of them a specific variety of them it's very interesting because these are grown in assam they get packaged they they get called bombay chai and they are specifically packaged and sold in kashmir you i've, I've seen varieties of this kind of chai available in markets in uh, bangalore or even delhi for that matter but you ask any kashmiri and they'll tell you that it's just not the same these tea leaves are grown in 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 the whole northeastern region they get packed somewhere in surat or somewhere uh, you know around that belt and they're called bombay chai and they'll come down to kashmir and they get served over there but you know the best quality is something that you'll find over there there are a couple of brands which are available uh, which you can purchase of amazon Uh, but they're much cheaper to buy in Kashmir than anywhere else. These are gunpowder tea leaves, and there's a minor difference between the tea leaves that you'll use 
for the kahwa and for the noon chai. Even though both of them can be interchangeably used. I mean, because for the kahwa, uh, the tea leaves don't make too much of a difference. Uh, contrary to popular belief, even though a lot of people will sell you these boxes of kahwa mixes, which will have all sorts of mixtures in them. When in reality, a real kahwa doesn't need any of that. The flavor of a real kava does not even come from a tea. It's not even a tea. It's just a hot beverage. But there will be people who will tell you to use a green tea, you know, some green tea leaves, etc. But uh, there's a minor difference between what you'll use for a kava and for a nuncha. But in essence, these are gunpowder tea leaves. And then we spoke about the samovar. It's an ingenious piece of work and completely charming. So the Samavar is the most interesting piece of engineering that you'd probably ever see. And it is intrinsic to Kashmiri culture. It's probably a essential point in Kashmiri tea culture at least. Now, when I talk about the Samavar, I'm definitely not talking about any of the Lipton chai or stuff like that being made in it because uh, those teas are supposed to be brewed and had in a very fancy English manner. But when I speak about the Samavar, I'm definitely talking about the traditional Kashmiri teas like the Kahavas and the Nungi chai. Uh, a Kashmiri function is incomplete without serving the tea in that. Why I call the Samavar an interesting piece of architecture is because uh, of the design that the Samavar has. So the Samavar actually has a central, uh, you know, a central cavity and a cavity that surrounds that. The central cavity is a place where you put live burning coals. And, uh, you know, the other cavity that you have around the central cavity is where you put your tea. And this tea would either be the noon chai or the different varieties of kava that you may have, including the dud kava. Once you place the lid on top, there's a small central lid that separately opens up for uh, the central cavity. If you lift that lid up, there's a air circulation that happens and the coals keep burning and your tea remains hot. But if you close that lid, the air flow to the coals gets obstructed and after a certain point of time, the boiling stops. So this is a very interesting piece for us because of how warm it keeps our beverages. Nobody has to make runs to the kitchen to heat up tea in minus temperatures. So it's absolutely uh, interesting and very, very important for us. And you get some of ours in multiple sizes. You can get a small size, which is more like a, a family of four to five size, which you'll probably use for your own size. But the regular standard size for a samavar would be a 50 cup size, which is used for any functions, usually uh, marriages, deaths, any occasion at all. And there's an art, uh, using a samavar is also an art. It's not something everybody can do. This is a huge copper vessel, uh, which is really heavy. And generally, you know, in all of our occasions, you'll have a group of people who are who know how to operate a samavar and how to use it and how to ensure that the tea doesn't spill out of it, how to ensure that the tea hot but doesn't overboil, and how to ensure that you know they do the pouring without burning themselves. Uh, they'll grab a corner, there'll be a sheet that's spread out over there. Cups will be laid in front of them, and whatever 
breads uh, or cakes need to go with whatever is being served along with uh, the the tea that you're having in the samavar will be placed there and while keeping the samavar on the floor they will just keep pouring cup after cup with absolute mastery and there'll be another person whose responsibility will be to go around and serve that to everyone along with whatever it needs to be served Thanks to Azmat I now know how to pronounce kava noon chai and samovar And that's it for this episode Thanks for listening You can follow conversations on food on Instagram I'll be back with more conversations on food culture and regional food until then bye